Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. podcast where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. So, John, what do you got for us today? Well, this is our, hmm, first uh, non-generic opening for me in a while. Um, I didn't get a moth, I didn't get a town with no people in it, didn't get anything that's uh, involved with Bollywood. <laughs> this is the Energy Events Center which is a venue for sports conferences, exhibitions, banquets, and concerts in Rotorua, New Zealand. The center can hold the 3,500 people and was finished in February 2007. So that's kind of that's kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, what do you got there, Eric? I have Bruno Mars discography. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Wow. That's what I got for random article. Okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, you know what? Hot damn. Uh, your article's too hot. I believe so. I think we need to go to it. Or we'll have to call the police and the fireman. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a pretty strong contender there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't uh, come along randomly every You, you don't know, just turn often. away Bruno Mars' discography whenever it's dropped into your lap like that. That's yeah. not... Uh, <laughs> no. That's, we're doing that. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Period. End of sentence. End of podcast. Like, that's it. That's the whole podcast. Like, what if this is just it? Well, this is us talking for 60 minutes about just this one article. What if it's that good? Oh, it could happen. It could happen. Look at how many... I can see that. Like, well, most of it's citations. We could just read all the citations. Um... <laughs> But no, it's actually a pretty bulky article here, yeah. Bruno Mars discography. Especially, like, the, there's opening paragraphs about discography. Yeah, which is odd because... It should it, be a list of things. It, sh- it could just it could just be, you know, list of, yeah, other, uh, of albums. That's it. But somebody, like, took the time to actually, like, write out some stuff here. So let's go ahead and do them the favor of reading it and uh, seeing exactly why they wrote it out. Maybe there's a reason, or maybe they're just doing... Bruno Mars, his due fan service. I'll Could be. have a see. American singer-songwriter Bruno Mars has released two studio albums, which warrants this whole thing. <laughs> uh, two EPs, 17 singles, seven as a featured artist, and five promotional singles. As of August 2014, Mars had sold over 100 million albums and singles worldwide. Seven of his singles are the best-selling singles of all time. Wow. In order of release date, Just the Way You Are, Grenade, The Lazy Song, Locked Out of Heaven, When I Was Your Man, Treasure, and Uptown Funk. Now, when they say seven of his singles are the best-selling singles of all time, out of how many, what list is this? 
What are they citing? The yeah. best-selling singles of all time, of course. <laughs> like, what? Like, it's not. He, the, could, they're he could not. be like in the top 200 best-selling singles of all time. They're not necessarily saying he is the top-selling se- seven singles. Yes, he's but, probably in the top-selling singles of all time somewhere. However, just, he's not <laughs> even in the top tier of having sold 15 million physical singles or more at all. Mm. Uh, looking at the list very briefly, not bouncing over to because it's literally just a list, so that's not much yeah. of an article, not much fun. But I will go ahead and reference it for the purposes of, you know, just the argument right now. And physical copies? No, he's nowhere near the top. Yeah. He is not in it's the not top tier. In the second. He's not in the second tier. Not he is not in the third tier. <laughs> We're down to 7 million copies Ooh. sold, and he's not even there. Third. And the fifth. Uh, Let's just go ahead and go. do a little control F, shall yeah. we? Let's save everybody some time. Bruno Mars so- shows up featured with people uh, in Uptown Funk. That sold 10 million copies or more. As did oh, he's just under the way the you are. best selling digital singles, probably. Yeah. Yep. That's so gotta be it. Got the yeah, the uptown funk and uh, just the way you are. And so all those singles mentioned, I assume. Well, actually, those are. Oh, and grenade. Those three are in the top tier of the digital singles. Right. And so he does have some very good selling songs. And then a couple in the next tier. So. Okay. Yeah, so not counting physical copies and not going higher than 10 million necessarily. Yeah. Alright. Uh huh. It's, um, no surprise then that as a performer and, writer and uh, writer producer, Mars' total single sales exceed 130 million copies. According to the Recording Industry Association of America, or the RIAA, the people that send you friendly cease and desist letters in the mail <laughs> when you've used too many uh, torrents this month, uh, he is the ninth best-selling digital artist in the United States with sales of 38 million. Of those, 5.04 million are from his first two albums. And only two albums, because that's... Well, that's all there are. There's only two, so I don't I guess know. they are just covering themselves when his third album releases. Then they don't have to come back and edit yeah. everything. They only have to edit the first line. Right. Boom. Um, in 2012, Mars was named 2011's best-selling artist worldwide. After he signed with Atlantic Records in 2009, he composed as the Smeezingtons and sang guest vocals on the debut singles of American rappers B.O.B. and Travis McCoy uh, earlier the following year. The former peaked at number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 in the Netherlands and also in the United Kingdom. And the latter also topped the Netherlands chart. That year, Mars released his debut AP, It's Better If You Don't Understand, as a prelude to the October release of his first studio album, Doo-Wops and Hooligans. Its singles, Just The Way You Are and Grenade, 
top of the charts in the United States, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom, and have been certified quintuple platinum. Ooh. I didn't even know that was a thing. Wow. By the RIAA and six times by Music Canada. <laughs> they just didn't have enough. Right six now. times. Yep, six times. Whatever metal doesn't matter at this point. It can be. It could be like some asteroid space metal that we don't even know about yet. We don't care. It's just that good. Here, take all of these useless and meaningless ratings. Um, the third single, the Lazy Song, topped the charts in Denmark and the United Kingdom. The album. Top of the charts in Canada, Germany, and the United Kingdom, selling 6 million copies worldwide total. In 2011, Mars recorded the single It Will Rain for the soundtrack of The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Part 1. It peaked at number 3 in the United States and number 2 in New Zealand that year. coming back to New Zealand. Yep. Yep. I don't know. It's something about today. We can't get away from New Zealand. Limeys. Uh, that year... Oh, wait, no, those are Kiwis, aren't they? Uh, yeah, he also yeah. appeared on a number of collaborative singles. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he keeps popping up on uh, other people's songs. He's had They're a very good. short but successful career so far. Yeah. His second album was Unorthodox Jukebox, and it was released in December 2012. Wow, so that was four years ago. Yeah. And he hasn't released a third album yet? I think he's building up to it. I mean, he released Uptown Funk. 24. Was that him or was that him featured know, on that, That's right. You're right. He was oh, featured yeah. because Mark Ronson was releasing the album. Right. Bruno Mars was just kind of there. Hmm. Maybe he's just having fun being on other people's stuff right now. I think so because uh, further down this same paragraph that you started here, Eric, it says that uh, Mars became the second fastest artist Behind only Elvis Presley to have five number one singles. As in, like, he's very successful very early on. I think at this point he's just kicking back and being like, eh, I don't have to force it. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I don't feel like doing anything, I don't need to. But to be fair uh, to Elvis Presley, in his time, mm-hmm. bands were releasing albums like twice a year. If not more, <laughs> yeah. in some cases. So, like, it was a so very different music it was industry. Very prolific at that time. Mm-hmm. So it was probably pretty easy to become a quick-selling artist mm-hmm. because you have so much coming out. Yep. Um, but yeah, so those are his two albums. Actually, very, very close in sales. Both of them hit six million copies worldwide, two and in the U.S. Three. Uh, the first album, 2,310,000 copies. And or- Unorthodox Jukebox, 2,300,000 copies. That's crazy. Only a difference of 10,000. Man, that's ridiculously good. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's the closest I've ever seen. Like, also, real talk, good. I've heard this Just The Way You Are song for I don't know how many years now. <laughs> I could have sworn it's one of those songs that sounds so classic instantaneously that you've just assumed you just assume it's been around since the late eighties, <laughs> yeah. early nineties resurgence of R and B. Classical, yeah, kind of song. You can you can see it in pretty much any like you can just picture it in your mind as though it were playing over the soundtrack of a Disney TV movie in the nineties, and it would have been completely natural in that state because you hear, like Al Green doing a cover yeah. of it or something. Yeah, like. Bruno Mars 
is masterful at making songs that are completely and totally camouflaged in, <laughs> in time. Like, they could yeah. have come from X amount of years ago, and they would have just been completely in their natural habitat. Mm-hmm. It just so happens they're new, <laughs> is all. And I'm embarrassed to say it, but I had no idea Bruno Mars wrote that song or sang <laughs> that song at all. I've heard it for years, and this article is the first time I've actually been brought around to the realization that that was Bruno Mars. That's where this guy came from. He wrote that thing, because if you wrote yeah, that, that song, then yes. first single. Like, that's a pretty impressive that's start. That's a strong start. That's yeah. a very good start. I mean, it's a great song. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's not uh, something that... Uh, I would have anticipated an artist that was just starting out me. Yeah. That's that's inc- it's an incredible thing that he didn't just have that, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, because that could have just as easily been a one-hit wonder, and he's got a couple more hits out there. Yeah. Doesn't seem like he's in any hurry to make a whole bunch more songs on his own, <laughs> but, you know, that's fine. Yeah, he's. St- I mean, he's still doing stuff on other, other, other people. I mean, the last thing he did was Uptown Funk. Yeah. But that's two years ago already. That's crazy. That was the end. That's the the last thing that he came out with. Man. I wonder if we could go to, like, his article and just see what he's up to. Yeah, let's just go go creep on Bruno Mars a little bit. I'm just just curious. Like, what is he doing? What has he been doing the last two years? And how did he get to the place in his life when he was able to start his career with Just the Way You Are? Yeah. Like that's uh that's uh like what is what what do you have to do to get to that point where that's like this is the first idea I have no big deal yeah shrug <laughs> what all right well first off here's a shocker Bruno Mars isn't his actual name oh. real name Peter Jean Hernandez mm. not I as catchy see why he changed it mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't get too far with Peter Jean Hernandez. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, Peter Jean was born in October of 1985. Uh, of course, this is known professionally as Bruno Mars, and he is American and Filipino. Uh, nationalistically. He's a singer-songwriter, a multi-instrumentalist, record producer, and a choreographer. So he's a triple threat. Uh, born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii, by a nice. family of musicians, Mars began making music at a young age. Oh, and there we go. <laughs> there we are. That, that we have a re- we have reached our destination. <laughs> he was surrounded by people who were good at music. Born into people who were, it's in his genes. He started doing it as soon as he was physically able, able to, to do it. Yep. And he was raised like with all the melodies in his head already. Like, yep. That's how that happens. It's just running in his blood. He can't can't keep it in. Has to has to music has to music all the time. He's the music man. So why isn't there a third album? Let's read on. He graduated from high school and moved to Los Angeles to pursue pursue a musical career. After being dropped by Motown Records, Mars signed a recording contract with Atlantic in 2009. So he had a record career that hmm. Motown Records must be kicking themselves <laughs> yeah, right now. Seriously, <laughs> they he signed with Atlantic like one year before he wrote. <laughs> just the way you are, and they must have just—they must have just. Oh wow! Yeah. Mars began composing songs for other artists since the Motown stint. Hmm. Yeah, they used stint there. I like that <laughs> stint. Also, let's uh, keep in mind he was born in 1985, so yeah. he's only not, age 30. Not too much older than us. Yeah, he's only 30, and only 30 as of a little less than a year ago. So like mm-hmm. he's. 
He's still pretty young. Still has a lot going for him. Uh, Mars in 2009 co-founded the production team The Smeezingtons, which helped him become the uh, becoming the recognized uh, as a solo artist responsible for the songs Nothing On You by B.O.B. and Billionaire by Travis McCoy, as we had previously mentioned, uh, on which he was also featured. Wow, so he just immediately started in as a production team as well. Yep. Yep, from before he made his first album. <laughs> I think that's actually a smart way to do it, though, because mm. then when you go into making your own album, you have people who have worked closely with you mm. for numerous other projects, and then you can just be like, you already know what to do. Yeah. We're going to do the same thing we've already done, just apply it to every song on this album. Yeah. Like, okay, there you go. Boom, done. Mm. Uh, the article continues on to talk about his successful singles. Uh... As well as the ladies. Uh, and, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, the things we basically covered in the last article. Right. Um, he's received awards and nominations, four Grammys, uh, Times 100 Most Influential People in 2011, um, ranked number one on the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. He is known for his stage performances and retro showmanship. That's understandable. I can see that. He's a very, you know, he's creating these classical kind of tunes. I would imagine he would be a performer that would be into like right. old school kind of style. Exactly. He has to be like he's too his he's too entrenched in in his current work to like be anything but that. He has yeah. to be respectable towards it. And uh, yeah, so let's see. Let's see here. Early life and musical beginnings, 1985 to 2003. Wow, 2003. That <laughs> feels fr- feels pretty recent for early beginnings. Yeah, seriously. But it's not. It's 13 years ago now. That's so true. That's, wow. uh, Man, that 2000 really throws you for a loop. Like if you lived before and after the year 2000, like you see yeah. 2000, it's like recent, and it's like not recent. Can't use can't use <laughs> the millennium as a denotation for yeah. recent stuff anymore. Like, it's not. <laughs> The day when, like, people born after 2000 are over 18 years old, I'm mm-hmm. just going to be like, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> I don't know what's up. Yep. I'm no longer cool. I just <laughs> admit it. Like, there was an alarm in my phone for this. It's gone off. I'm done. I'm done being hip. Mm. So, uh, he's the son. Bruno Mars now. This is the son of, surprisingly, Peter Hernandez <laughs> and Bernadette Bernie. San Pedro Bayat. So, interestingly enough, he's not Peter Jr. No, he's so got they, a different middle name. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, his mother seems to have died. Mm. Yeah. As of he, 2013. Maybe that's why he hasn't put out a new album so quickly. His soul got that, damaged. I could have I could see that. That would probably happen. It. Yeah. Uh his Father is of half Puerto Rican and half Ashkenazi Jewish descent. It's an no Ashkenazi idea. Jewish. I have no idea what that is. Descent. Um, but his father's originally from New York, from Brooklyn, more specifically. Oh. Uh, Mars' mother emigrated from the Philippines to Hawaii as a child and was of Filipino, some Span, and some Spanish ancestry. His parents met while performing in the show where his mother was a hula dancer and his father played percussion. At the age of two, he was nicknamed Bruno by his father, 
because of his resemblance to the professional wrestler Bruno Sammartino, who I think we should just throw a picture up. Actually, yeah, I can kind of see that. He looks like a younger version of that dude. And if there are pictures of him younger... Gets, it gets a little more foggy the further down this article I go, but, you know, whatever. It's a, it, was a, it was an endearing thing. That's the point. That's where it came from. That's why he's Bruno. Yeah, he's one of six children, actually. Uh, came from a musical family, as we've said before. Exposed to a variety of uh, diverse music. Reggae, rock, hip-hop, and R&B. And in addition to being a dancer, his mother was a singer, and his father used his musical ability to perform Little Richard rock and roll music. Mars' uncle was an Elvis impersonator and encouraged three-year-old Mars to perform on stage as well. And Mars also performed songs by artists such as Michael Jackson, the Isley Brothers, and the Temptations. Does not surprise me at all. At age four, Mars began performing five days a week with his family's band, The Love Notes, in which he became known on the island for his impersonation of Presley. And in 1990, Mars was featured in Midweek as Little Elvis, going on to have a cameo in the film Honeymoon in Vegas in 1992. Hmm. What? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess he just... uh... Just found his way in to, to there. <laughs> that's, that's pretty that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to have to check that movie out. Mm-hmm. Got Nicolas Cage, Sarah Jessica Parker, Peter Boyle, James Conn. And a little tiny cameo from, from Bruno Mars. <laughs> What's not to love? Yeah. Um... And he spent time, uh, his time impersonating Presley had a major impact on his musical evolution and performing techniques. I'm sure that would. And he later began playing guitar after drawing inspiration from Jimi Hendrix. And in 2010, he also acknowledged his Hawaiian roots and musical family as an influence, explaining, growing up in Hawaii made me the man I am. I used to do a lot of shows in Hawaii with my father's band. Everybody in my family sings. Everybody plays instruments. I've just been surrounded by it. And uh, he attended President Theodore Roosevelt High School, and he performed in a group called the Schoolboys. And in 2003, shortly after graduating from President Theodore Roosevelt High School at the age of 17, um, Mars moved to Los Angeles, California to pursue a musical career. So this kid is smart. Graduated high school a little bit early while doing other things as well on the side, obviously. Yeah, like being like a uh, prolific like musician Mm -hmm. as well as graduating early. I don't know. It's pretty impressive. And he just kind of learned these things by osmosis too, just like seeing his father's band perform. He probably picked up Mm. some of the trade there. And then learning how to do all of the instruments, play all the instruments, of course, that came from just kind of casually being around everybody playing them. Yeah. Like that. And But, but he just kind of was in a family that was geared towards it. So mm-hmm. uh, he adopted his stage name 
from the nickname his father gave him, adding Mars at the end because he felt like he didn't have any pizzazz, and a lot of girls said that he was out of this world. So he was like, he guessed he's from Mars. <laughs> that was a paraphrased quote. Got a little shaky towards the end. Because <laughs> I feel like you kind of need to assume his persona. You can't reference it yeah. in the second person. Or third person, for that matter. Uh, 2004 through through the 2010 production work, and it's better if you don't understand. Shortly after moving to Los Angeles, Mars signed to Motown Records in 2004. 2004, that was literally so the like year 18. after high school. Yeah. So you just walked right <laughs> in and was like, hire me, and they're like, okay. Uh, but the deal went nowhere, and that's a quote. Uh, a conversation with Will I Am's management, which turned out fruitless, um... However, Mars' experience with Motown proved to be beneficial to his career, and uh, when he met singer-songwriter and producer Philip Lawrence, who was also signed to the label, uh, Mars was eventually dropped by Universal Motown less than a year uh, after being signed. But he stayed in Los Angeles and landed a music publishing deal in 2005 with Steve Lindsay and Cameron Strang at Westside Independent. During Mars' career beginnings, Lindsay, who showed Jeff Bosker and Mars the ins and outs of writing pop music, acted as a mentor to Mars and helped him to hone his craft. Basker, who had met Mars through Mike Lynn, the A&R at Dr. Dre's Aftermath Entertainment, who first heard Mars' demo tape through his sister and flew him out that way, explained that he'd mentor us and give us lectures as to what a hip-hop song is because you can't have you can have talent and music ability but understanding what makes a hip-hop song is a whole other discipline steve Lindsay was responsible for quote holding bruno mars back for five years while they learned an extensive catalog of hit music and quote meanwhile mars played cover songs in the band around Los Angeles with Basker and Eric Hernandez, Mars' brother, who is now the drummer of the Hooligans. When Lawrence was first told he should meet Mars, he was reluctant to do so since he didn't even have money for bus fare. Mm. Keith Harris, drummer for the Black Eyed Peas, told him, whatever it costs you to get out there, I'll reimburse you. Lawrence responded, just give me $5 back for the bus. Mm. The pair began collaborating writing songs for Mars, but they received many rejections from labels. On the verge of giving up, they received a call from Brandon Creed, then seeking songs for a reunited Menudo. He liked their song Lost, which was written for Mars. The duo didn't want to give the song away, but they were offered $20,000 for the song, so yeah, they agreed. <laughs> the sale of this song allowed them to continue working, and Mars and Lawrence decided that they would write and produce songs together for other artists. Not, bad, don't you? Not at all. In 2006, Lawrence introduced Mars to his future A&R manager at Atlantic Records, Aaron Bayshock. After hearing him play a couple of songs on the guitar, Bayshock wanted to sign him immediately, but it took about three years for Atlantic Records to finally sign Mars to the label because Atlantic felt that it was too early and that Mars was still... Uh, developing as an artist. 
they weren't really too wrong about that because they kind of signed him at exactly the right time. Yeah. Uh, before becoming a successful solo artist, Mars was, however, an acknowledged music producer, writing songs for Alexandra Burke, Travis McCoy, Adam Levine, Brandy, Sean Kingston, and the Flow Rider. He also co-wrote the Sugar Babes hit song, Get Sexy, and provided backing vocals on their album, Sweet Seven. His first musical appearance as a singer was in Far East Movement's second album, Animal, featured on the track 3D. He was also featured on Pastor and hip-hop artist Jason Ma's debut single, Love, in August of 2009. He reached prominence as a solo artist after being featured and uh, writing... Uh, those two tracks we have mentioned I don't know how many times now <laughs> uh, both of those songs were of course successful because you know we, we told you that already uh, he this is what the article says as of right now he's spoken of them <laughs> quote I think the songs weren't meant to be full songs if I'd sung all of nothing on you it might have sounded like some 90s R&B which is ironic because that's pretty much what his successful song sounds like to me. Um, Following this success, Mars released the debut extended play titled It's Better If You Don't Understand on May 11th, 2010. The EP peaked at the 99th position on the Billboard 200, and a music video was released for the song The Other Side, featuring singers CeeLo Green and B.O.B. Mars collaborated with Green once more in August 2010 by co-writing his single F*** You. Which, I remember that song, and the fact yeah. that it's co-written by Bruno Mars, who has yeah. just, like, this really this really prestigious knack for writing things that sound retro, <laughs> makes so much sense. Like, because that song, despite its expletives, which would not have flown in yeah. the era from which it sounds it's from, um, like, that sounds so, like such a classic song, also. Yeah, seriously. So, from 2010 to 2012... Doo-wops and hooligans. This is post-release. Um, he released "Just the Way You Are" on July nineteenth, twenty ten. The song was the lead single from his debut album, and it reached number one on the Billboard Hot one hundred by September. So, a couple, just a couple months, and it holds the record for the longest reigning debut format, spending twenty weeks. <laughs> atop adult contemporary. Wow. He also released two digital singles, Liquor Store Blues, featuring Damien Marley and Mm. Grenade, to promote the album. Before confirming Grenade as the er, the album's second single in October 21... Uh, this is real. That's a real weird sentence, man. Okay. Don't don't even feel bad about right. it. Yeah, I'm just yeah. Listener, just listener, know. this article has some problems. <laughs> Bear with us, please, because yeah. it's most of the time coherent English, and then every once in a while we'll just be cruising along, <laughs> and suddenly he he spoken of <laughs> he spoken of them. <laughs> suddenly he spoken of them. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, grenade second out second release second single. Um, it was very, very uh, successful. Hit number one on Billboard in December. Um, and the album debuted at number three on the Billboard 100, 200, selling 55,000 copies. And it received generally positive reviews from music critics. 
and has since sold 6 million copies globally. And in 2012, The Lazy Song was released as the album's third single. I feel like that's uh, quite a long time for a third single to pop up. Yeah, that's a whole, like, year and a half that there's been one album out and all of a sudden <laughs> oh well you know what let's throw this one out there too that's fine yeah but hit the top five on the hot 100 peaking at number four <laughs> um so you know what do I know good yeah, I guess it was a good move <laughs> um Marry You was the album's fourth single uh popped up just a couple months later in August uh wait what? Hold on. Wait a minute. What's going on here? Okay. What? Are you... Wait. Okay, so it's Some... telling me no, February no, no, no. 2012, wrong. The Lazy wrong. Song was the album's third single. The... Then it says Marry You was the fourth single what? on Duops and Hogan's on August 22nd, 2011. Which makes more sense. Now, it would make sense if they meant February 2011. But that doesn't make sense. Oh, I know that makes sense, actually, because See, that was would October be 2010. Only a couple months later. Yeah. Um, let's just let's... double check the Lazy Song article. Released February 15th, 2011. Okay. Let's, let's fix this at least. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and do confusing. that. That's confusing. Okay, now we have to find it in this sea <laughs> of text. <laughs> It is absolutely... Is this a locked article? Better not This be. article is semi-protected to promote? You want to be able to promote this? Uh, <laughs> Are you sure? Because you can't say things well. Alright, so Can there's... Can you edit it away? Template protection. Oh, template protection. Well... Wait. Okay, there are co- different colors of locks. <laughs> this one is semi-protected. Uh, we can't, any account that's not confirmed, which would be us. I mean, I have an account, I, that doesn't, oh wait, hold on, edit? You have to have at least ten edits to Wikipedia. Maybe I do. Oh, wait, I think I'm in, I think I'm in. Okay. Alright, All right. can you find it in this, this terrible, terrible... Oh lord, it's even worse in code. I know, <laughs> I know, that's why I was saying, like, hit me. Oh my god. Okay, just control F. Control F, look for fuck you. That's the that's the first place that we have to go. Because if you go to there, that's close to where you're looking. That's the paragraph. Oh, right, we're fe- uh, fixing spoken. Right. He He's spoken of them. <laughs> he's right, spoken so I'm of in them. The, I'm in the vicinity. Yeah. Um, what do you see? All right, give me, give me some other words around that. I'm around gonna, he's spoken of them? Um, well, uh, I'm at a top ten. That's right wait. there. Of the many charts worldwide. That's the next thing. Oh, wait, no. After no, all no, the citations. I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking in the citation. Oh, man, it's so hard to differentiate. <laughs> um, it's right okay. after all those citations. There should be like a mess of citations in the middle of that paragraph. And then... The EP peaked at 99th position. I see that. Where is it in relation to that? The EP peaked at 99th position? On the Billboard 200, and a music video was released for the song The Other Side. That's too far up. It's too far up? I believe so, yeah. Okay, so it's after that. Song was the lead single from his debut album. 
No, because that after that is doo-wops and hooligans. Okay, go back up. You're, you're close. All right. All right, so... Um, yeah, it's before. Both no, right, it was before. It was within the top ten of many charts worldwide. Yep, it's right after that. Next right sentence. Right after that. Okay. Now I just need to He's spoken of them. Pass the citations of which there are an ungodly amount. Four of them. Yeah. And then he's spoken of them. How about he said of them? There we go. Okay. So instead of spoken of, he said of them. Yeah. I think these songs yeah, were meant the, to be. The quote's fulsome. fine. The quote's fine. Yeah. Because that's cited. That's okay. He said of them. Okay. So that's one. <laughs> yeah. Now uh, we Next. have that grenade mess of uh, where it was um, something about before. Uh, all, all it needed was right. a, like an Just ending uh, yeah. hy- hyphen. It's like four sentences down or so. Where he also released two digital singles, Liquor Store Blues featuring Damian Marley, comma, and Grenade to promote the album. Before confirming Grenade as the album's second single on, not in, October 21st, 2010. That sentence does make sense as it is. It's really just the... It just needs a hyphen to close out what's inside the hyphen. Because the when they say before yes. confirming, they're continuing a thought before right. this whole right, right, inside right. mess. Right, there. exactly, yeah. Okay, so then... Let's see, where is the... Okay, the end here. In Even in the citations, it's 2011. Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah, I don't uh, know. I don't know. All right, so in February 2011, the Lazy Song was released. Okay. There. All right, that's it for now. Save page. My goodness. Oh, I should say this is my Reddit. Yes. Maybe it is. I don't really know (laughs) at this point. Okay, edit was saved. Great. Should look better now. Um. (sighs) Okay. Well, uh, we are after the lazy song. Um, just just double check the edits here. He said of them. Oh wait, no, wait. In February 2011, the lazy song was released as the album's third single. It became the album's third consecutive top five on the Hot 100, peaking on number four. On October 23rd, 2010. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Go back in. Peaking at number four. Okay. On October 23rd, 2011, because it wouldn't have peaked five months before it was a single. Uh, I'm sorry. I should have. Yep. I'm just going to leave the edit window open. Yeah, let's go ahead and make that a new tab. Just, let's, let's hang out on this article until the end of the podcast. It's fine. We can only go from Bruno Mars to Bruno Mars. We don't have to go any further. We didn't want to learn about anything else. It's, it's okay. It's okay, world. It's okay. It's okay, Page. It's okay, Page. It's okay, record company that locked this page because they were afraid that somebody might make it better for them. Okay. Which, by the way, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. This man is sitting here doing this for you. He's not getting paid. 
you are not sponsoring our podcast. You could if you wanted to. That'd yeah, nice. you could. You could. For the same amount of money that Bruno Mars gets paid every time I play a song of his on Spotify, you could sponsor the <laughs> podcast. Like it's it, for fractions of a penny per play, <laughs> you could sponsor our podcast. All right. So okay, fix that one. All right. So we're good on that. Um, just double check. He said again. Awesome. Alright, so Marry You followed as the fourth single from Duop and Hooligans on August 22nd, 2011. Although it wasn't released as a single in the United States for some reason, it peaked at number 85 on the Hot 100 on January 15th, 2011 due to strong digital sales. Since then, it has sold 2.2 million digital copies. So. It wasn't released as a single in the United States, but I guess enough people bought the song itself just as that song Yeah. so many times that they were like, well, we got to put it on the list. Yep. That was it. <laughs> like, then, yeah, yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly don't. But that's um, what I'm led to believe. Yes. Yeah. So then in November... Count On Me was released as the album's fifth single in Australia and New Zealand. Additionally, it was announced on Mars' website he recorded and co-wrote a new song titled It Will Rain for that Twilight Twilight movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was released for purchase via iTunes uh, on September 27, 2011. Peaked number three on the Billboard uh, Hot 100 during this period, he appeared on a number of collaborative singles, including Lighters uh, with Bad Meets Evil and Mirror with Little Wayne and Young, Wild, and Free with Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg. And um, the songs peaked at number 4, 16, and 7 at the Billboard Hot 100, respectively. And... Ooh, then in September 19th, 2010, Mars was arrested in Las Vegas for possession of cocaine. Oh, uh-huh. wow. uh, Then, when talking to a police officer, Mars reportedly declared that what he did was foolish and that he has never used drugs before. Hmm. Mars pleaded guilty to felony drug possession, and in return for his plea, he was told that the charges would be erased from his criminal record as long as he stayed out of trouble for a year. Paid a two thousand dollar fine, did two hundred hours of community service, and completed a drug counseling course. But it will not be erased from Wikipedia's record. Nope. We're gonna <laughs> go ahead and that's fine. We'll leave it on the. <laughs> leave it. Don't, don't edit that out, Eric. Leave, yeah. leave, leave that one in there. We have the power. <laughs> we can we can absolve Bruno Mars of his crimes of holding a bag of cocaine one time. Yeah, he he's uh held off better than most. Most better, artists, better than yeah. most musical artists can say. He doesn't really need cocaine. He already knows he can do pretty much whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Like, have you seen his? Have you seen his discography? Because I've seen his discography. <laughs> uh, but yeah, during the a uh, cover story for GQ magazine in 2013, Marge said, "I was young, man. I was in effing Vegas. I wasn't thinking." 
He further added, I was given a number one record and I'm out doing dumb sh. Mars confessed that he lied to the authorities about having done cocaine before, saying, I don't know where that came from. Adding, uh, I was really intoxicated. I was really drunk. So a lot of that was is a big blur, and I try every day to forget and keep pushing. Hmm. Okay. So he had done cocaine. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I mean, he's a. I mean, yeah. I mean, at least he's. It seems like he cleaned up. I guess we're not too doesn't far seem, into the article here. Doesn't seem like he's messy. I mean, like it seems like he, you know, followed through on the whole. Hey, keep out of trouble for a year. Pay yeah. fine. Like, yeah, it seems like it seems like the system took it easy on him, and he he did well by the system. Yeah. Um, he actually opened for Maroon Five during one of their big tours in 2010. And co-headlined with McCoy, uh, the person that he collaborated with earlier in the song that we can keep mentioning on here. And um, won his first Grammy Award for Nothing On You, which, you know, he only co-wrote. Um, eh, details. <laughs> but yeah, let's get on to Unorthodox Jukebox. Yeah. On March 22, 2012, it was announced that Mars had signed a worldwide publishing deal with BMG Chrysalis US. In September 2012, when interviewed by Billboard, Mars stated that the album would be more musically varied and refused to pick a lane, adding, I listen to a lot of music, and I want to have the freedom and luxury to walk into a studio and say, today I want to do a hip-hop, R&B, soul, or rock record. He announced the album title, Unorthodox Jukebox, along with the ten songs which would make the final cut of the album and the title of the first single, Locked Out of Heaven, which was released on October 1st, 2012. The lead single from Unorthodox Jukebox reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and Canada and charted in the top ten in several countries worldwide. Unorthodox Jukebox was released on December 11th, 2012 and debuted at number 2 on the Billboard Top 200 with sales of 192,000 albums. The album eventually peaked at number 1 on the Billboard 200 almost 3 months after its release. The album also charted number 1 in Switzerland and in the United Kingdom, becoming the fastest-selling album by a solo artist in 2012 in the United Kingdom. When I Was Your Man was released as the second single from Unorthodox Jukebox on January 15, 2013 and peaked at number one on the Billboard Top 100, making Elvis Presley the only male who has ever reached five number one singles in the Top 100 more quickly than Bruno Mars and reached the top ten of 15 countries. The third single, Treasure, peaked at number five in the United States and had less commercial success worldwide than the previous two, on May 24th, 2013, Major Lazer released Bubble Butt <laughs> as the fourth single from their album, Free, F- Free the Universe, which featured Tyga, Mystic, and Bruno Mars on the vocals, becoming Major Lazer's most successful single today in the United States. Mm. You put in Bruno Mars, <laughs> you get a hit single. Done. Yep. In late 2013, Gorilla and Young Girls followed the album's fourth and fifth singles, and reached the top 35 on the Hot 100. Mars began his second headlining tour, the Moonshine Jungle Tour. On June 22, 2013, it started in North America and continued through Europe and Oceania, 
before concluding in North America on October 18th, 2014 as part of the eight shows at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas to perform between December 2013 and October 2014. On September 8th, 2013, NFL announced that Mars would headline the performance at the Super Bowl uh, 48 halftime show on February 2nd, 2014. During the performance, he was joined by Red Hot Chili Peppers as a musical guest on the platform. It was the first Super Time halftime headlined by a performer under 30 and also the first time a performer of Puerto Rican descent took up the mantle. The show is the second most watched halftime show in the history of the Super Bowl, drawing a record rating of 115.3 million viewers, only surpassed by Katy Perry's halftime show that had 3.2 million more viewers. So even then, not edged out by that much. Yeah. At the 56th Grammy Awards, Mars won award of won the award of Best Pop Vocal Album for Unorthodox Jukebox, and his single Locked Out of Heaven was nominated for Record of the Year and Song of the Year, while When I Was Your Man earned a nomination for Best Pop Solo Performance. Aside from his music career, Mars reprised his role as Roberto in Rio 2, which was released in theaters on March 20th, 2014. Like its predecessor, Rio 2 was a financial success, but panned by critics. In October 2014, Mark Ronson announced that he would release a new single on November 10th, 2014, titled Uptown Funk, featuring Mars vocals. The song was a commercial success, reaching number one in Australia, Canada, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, and Billboard Hot 100, along with several other countries. According to Billboard, Mars was the 12th richest musician of 2013, with earnings of $18,839,681. In December 2013, he was named Artist of the Year by Billboard, and ranked number one on the 2014 Forbes list, 30 Under 30, a tally of the brightest stars in 15 different fields under the age of 30. In addition, he was 13th on the 2014 list for the world's most powerful celebrities, with estimated earnings uh, totaling in 60 million of American dollars. Mm. Yeah, I like how it didn't uh, mention anything about Rio one in the first. And suddenly they're like, any reprises. He reprised Rio. <laughs> he reprises role in Rio. BTW. Oh, okay. Thanks. I guess. Uh, I guess he wasn't real one, but <laughs> you might have me- might want to mention that. Yeah. Uh, here we go. 2015 to present. Third studio album. So called. Yeah. So after ending the Moonshine Jungle tour, Mars began working on his third studio album, and I assume he's still working on it. He wrote on his Facebook, "Now it's time to start writing chapter three." The artist hadn't come up with a date for the release, stating, until it's done, adding, it's gotta be just as good, if not better. Previously, the singer-songwriter was interviewed by That's Shanghai and gave some details of the new album, confirming Mark Ronson and Jeff Basker as producers. He further added, I want to write better songs, I want to put on better shows, I want to make better music, videos... Oh, I just want to make better music videos, not better music. I want my next album to be better than the first and the second, explaining the writing process of his songs. I don't sit down and think I'm going to write a song. 
inspiration hits me always unexpectedly on a plane, when I'm out, or just before I go to bed. An idea will suddenly come to my head, and sometimes I manage to turn it into lyrics the next day. Sometimes it'll take me one year to get something real out of it. You can't force creativeness. Ronson, in an interview granted to Digital Spy, confessed he and Mars have not reunited in the studio since working on Uptown Funk. It is known that engineer Charles Manes, who had previously worked on Unorthodox Jukebox, had been working on the third studio album. The same engineer confirmed that the, stu- the album is close to being finished and that Mars had, has made an evolution in his sound, calling it the next movement of Bruno. Rolling Stone ranked Mars' third album as one of the 20 most anticipated of 2016. Hmm. Mars' dad confirmed that his son's album was due in March. Was hmm. was to due in March? Uh, no, fix no. that. Yep, yep. Was due in March. There we go. I'm sure is yep. what he meant to Positively. say. Positively. <laughs> um, How about Mars' father, too? Let's make this wait, formal wait, here. Mars' dad. <laughs> Mars' dad. Mars' dad. <laughs> Mars' dad confirmed that his son's album was, due, was to due in March. But because of his appearance at the Super Bowl halftime show, well, even though the appearance... Wait. Oh, that's right. He did make an appearance at this year's halftime show, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Wasn't it a Coldplay? Yeah, but didn't Bruno Mars show up? Yeah, he just showed up in the middle. So wait, wait, wait. Because Bruno Mars showed up to one. One performance for a little bit in the middle of February. The album that he should have been mostly done with in March is is is, is not just delayed, uh, but it's October. It, it's August now, and it's still not out? Wait, okay. So, doing March, and because of his appearance, the Super Bowl halftime show. Yep. Because so of, he had to just, like, practice that much or something? Maybe. I mean, choreography is tricky to pull off if, you, if you're doing stuff that's not been done before. But I, I feel like if... Uh, if he's one of those guys it that makes his own like, clothes and stuff too, though, then, you know, that's going to take a bit. If his album was close to being finished, it stands to reason that, like, I don't know, that close to March, he would be pretty finished. I don't know. Beware the Ides of Mars. <laughs> um, he also he confirmed that seven songs have already been recorded. Um, could release them to promote the album if if they were done. Yeah, if they're actually you could done. Throw out a single. You could just Get throw people, out anything, uh, really. Warmed up, you know. But Mars has been in the studio with Skrillex. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Bruno. So that's the way he's going. You're out of ideas, aren't you, buddy? <laughs> so he's gonna be like what? Two years too late to the uh, dubstep party. Well, it uh, sounds like it, uh, although uh, Skrillex has gone on record as saying, we're doing is so <laughs> effing <laughs> awesome and next level and sounds like nothing else that's happened before. <laughs> okay, so I'm sure they meant what we're doing. That's, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one they meant. Uh... Putting us through our paces today. Like, (laughs) this isn't the last article I was expecting to give us trouble. Seriously, this is like, uh, you know, one of the top 
visited Oracles, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so Mars worked with British singer Adele. Um, didn't necessarily need to specify British. But uh, she was a co-writer on All I Ask, the 10th track from her third studio album, 25. Okay. So you co-wrote that song. Wait. Yep. Wait, 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 wait. No, it makes it sound like he wrote the song and she was the co-writer. Oh, no, 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 never mind. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I, I was reading it weird. I don't know. Okay, right. I, I'm just stuck in this weird mode of like this article is so poorly written that sometimes. Like, yeah, you try to, like, you almost infer <laughs> errors because you're just expecting them, and it's just, oh yeah. no, they actually got it right. Oh, that's actually more amazing than uh, the fact that it would have been as wrong as it yeah. happened. Um, oh yeah, back to the halftime show. Um, yep. As we mentioned, Coldplay headlined the halftime show at the Super Bowl, and Mars was a guest, as well as Beyonce, and, um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's all that. So, basically, he's almost done with his other album, but it won't be out for another couple months. On but, May 10th, 2016, though, Billboard reported that Mars and his manager, Brendan Creed, have split after nine years of mm, working together. That might put a... Slow down on things. On yep. Yeah. <sighs> hmm. Due out in March. It's already October. It's August. It's, it's August. Yes, it's it not is. October. It is August. Yes. It's not October yet. <laughs> I said that earlier, too, and I don't know why. And I feel like there are a lot of singles that he released in October, and I think we're just being brainwashed into thinking it's October maybe, now. It's not maybe October. Maybe there's something weird going on with this article where they're trying to but, brainwash. Yeah, you. that might be it. Honestly, <laughs> like I feel a little brainwashed. I feel stupider for having read this. So maybe that's why it's not for promotional purposes. The promotion is brainwashing. Yeah. Maybe the actual release date's October, and they're trying to get that in our heads. <laughs> they're trying to like be like it's October. Figure it out. Find break the code. So this is March, April, May, June, July. So yeah, five months is more than several, I would say. I would agree. Yeah. Um, it's quite a few. That's half a year. That's uh, it's a pretty far postponement there. Well, you see a little bit about his influences down here. We already kind of know, but... Uh, uh, Prince, The Police, Michael Jackson, Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Timbaland, the Neptunes, Elvis Presley, uh, R&B stuff, R-, R. Kelly, uh, Motown. I do, I did find something kind of interesting here. Mm-hmm. Under filmography, Honeymoon in Vegas, Rio 2. Not Rio 1. Not Rio 1, even mm-hmm. though it said he reprised his role in Rio 2. Yeah. Yep. It does, does it not say he reprised his role in Rio 2? It does say that he reprised it, yes. Well, let's do something better then. So, let, let, let's, let's go to Rio 2. Let, yeah, let's, let's check out... Let's, let's check out Rio 1. Let's check out Rio 1, too, yeah. Um... Eric, hmm. there never was a real one. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a lie. 
conspiracy <laughs> devised by the same geniuses who convinced us that there was this is only the third Ice Age movie. <laughs> it's at least the sixth. Yeah, they. I don't know. They those Ice Age movies. They they, they drag they, on like some sort of yeah, because they, they Ice call Age. it a trilogy. The trilogy, but, but it's, 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 more it's, than, it's more quat, than three movies, isn't it? It's four. Yeah. I, I, okay, I'm not crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't slip into some alternate it's, reality it's a where... It's trilogy. It's not a trilogy. Okay, so... Yeah, Bruno Mars was not in the first movie. Well, what's his name? What's the character's name? What's his character's name? Oh, okay. Uh, where was that? Rio T- Roberto. He's Roberto. Okay. So let's look for the character, Roberto. There is no Roberto mentioned. All right, go back to the article where it talks about Rio 2. Okay. I'm, he didn't I'm, reprise I'm anything. I am on IMDb here. I am, I am just going over there. He reprised I'm nothing. I'm going to see... Yeah. I was thinking maybe Roberto was like... A character from something else that he's reprising it from, but it sounds like he just did a character one time called Roberto. Yeah, I am seeing no other Robertos, no other Rios. I'm changing that from reprised to. He played it. Yes, he played the character. He did the thing. Played the character one time. That is all, that is all the times that he played it. Three o two. Three o two. Where are you? In the bottom he played the role. Wrote Berto. Aside from his music career, he reprised his role as Roberto in Rio 2, having never played it before, making him the first person in history to do so. Played the role of Roberto in Rio 2. Fixed. This is a minor edit. Save page. We have just fixed Bruno Mars's Wikipedia page. And there you have it. From Bruno Mars discography to Bruno Mars. We did. We made it all the way. <laughs> yeah. so, there you go. Boom. Done. That's what happens when you are terrible at writing Wikipedia articles. Yep. That's you make other people fix them. <laughs> yep. So um, go ahead and uh, hit us up on Facebook. Say anything. Do anything you want on there. Just... Make us aware of your existence. Say something. Because, yeah, we like to know who you are. We like to, you know, know that there's people out there. That they're responsive, real people, not just some weird uh, click-wandering We have a feeling some of you are in Japan. Maybe some of you are in New Zealand. I don't know. But you're out there, and we want to know who you are. Not in a creepy way. So also head over to iTunes, rate and review us. We need more of those. And you can also just go on the website, twc.ericturvia.com. 
look at new episodes, follow along, all that good stuff. And I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and Al Jolson for our outro song. So thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. When I'm walking with my sweetie up and down Broadway, you should see the fellow hmm. staring. Guy yeah, played Admiral Bill Watt, Ross in uh, Deep they Space Nine has died. That I could never hmm. yeah. win this nifty lift. When they asked if she is mine. Also, I someone was stolen this. from the Philhaven Hospital. Oh, did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's trending on Facebook. Living in County PA. Armed oh, man oh, takes a little woman that. from hey, hospital. I gave her that. So a guy came in with a handgun and stole somebody from a mental hospital. Like, is that like somebody he knew? I don't know why he would take somebody he didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, why I don't know what's you, going you on in this crazy rob, world. You don't just rob a hospital. <laughs> And be like, just give me a, just give me a person. <laughs> I'm here for one of your patients, please. It doesn't really matter which one. I just, I just want to do a hostage thing, and this is where <laughs> figured, you know, there'd be some people here. And, uh, yeah.